Hey there, and a warm welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, where we delve into the clouded realm of the unknown. We are your friendly guides, Gary and Goldie Ann, and we are excited to have you along on this adventure with us. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hi, Gary. Why are you changing it again? Because there is some other changes that will be happening to the podcast that I wanted to let you know about. Oh. Um, currently, we are on Spotify, and they are making a lot of changes, which doesn't really help out a small podcast like ours. <laughs> so I am in the middle of transferring all of our podcast episodes to Acast, who are better suited for our type of show. So I'm hoping that that's going to improve how we get out to everybody and hopefully grow our audience. That'd be awesome. Yes, and with that in mind, for those of you who are listening, if you know anyone who enjoys stories of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries, please share the uh, podcast with them, and uh, reviews are always appreciated. So we're trying to really grow the podcast this year. Absolutely. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Now, Goldie Ann... I went out last night and I was looking at the stars when I was shocked to see the mooning, but at least the clouds were dressed. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, they had on their thunderwear. Oh, my Lord. So there was more to it. There's always more to it. Now, today's episode contains eyewitness accounts of a terrifying creature that may be frightening to some of our audience. We are storytellers of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries, and we don't intend to scare our listeners on purpose. Well, maybe just a little. Listener discretion is always advised. So we open in Crawfordsville, Indiana, which is a picturesque town located 49 miles northwest of the bustling city of Indianapolis. This tiny town, founded in 1823, has a rich history dating back over a century. In fact, in the 1890s, the city experienced a significant growth spurt, transforming from a simple collection of farming into thriving town with modern amenities. One of the most significant milestones in the town's history was the installation of electric streetlights. This vital development brought a new level of prominence to the residents of Crawfordsville. Hoosiers, or as the people of Indiana like to call themselves, have long believed that the very first basketball game in Indiana was played in Crawfordsville YMCA on March 16, 1894 between the teams from Crawfordsville and Lafayette's YMCA's. Now, despite its history, the town is best known for a local legend that has been passed down from generation to generation. According to the tale, a mysterious creature once made its home in the night skies above the tiny town. Over 100 eyewitnesses claim to have seen the beast, described as an enormous white creature with no head 
but one large, fiery eye moving across the horizon. What? We're talking about a creature that resembles a sheet 18 feet long by 8 feet wide, flapping in the wind. Well, like a sheet, like, you know, the cartoon ghosts wear a sheet. That's exactly how it's going to be described. But the monster is also said that it was able to move with intelligence, changing direction and elevation without warning as it soared through the night. The sighting of this creature has been the subject of much debate over the years, and many theories have been put forward to explain what it was and where it disappeared. Join us today as we explore within the mists of Indiana to tell of the Crawfordsville monster. Spoiler alert, does this have anything to do with uh, Jordan Peele's Nope? There is some tie-ins with it. Oh, it's cool. Not a, it's not as a spoiler, but Nope is a atmospheric creature as well. Cool. I like Jordan Peele movies. Well, then we'll tie into that one by the end of this episode, just for you. Thank you. Chapter 1. A Chilling Encounter On the crisp fall morning of September 5, 1891, at the early hour of 2 a.m., two hard-working ice delivery men, Marshall McIntyre and Bill Gray, were meticulously preparing to embark on their daily delivery route of delivering ice to the various farms. They had just finished hitching the team of horses to the sturdy wagon, which was kept at William Martin's spacious barn on East Main Street in Crossfordsville, Indiana. The horses were fed and groomed, and their harnesses shone brightly in the starlight. McIntyre and Gray were well aware of the importance of their job, as they were responsible for delivering ice to all of the residents and businesses to keep their food and drinks fresh. With their supplies and tools carefully packed, they were ready to start their day's work. As McIntyre and his companion stood in the dimly lit alleyway behind the stable, they suddenly felt an overwhelming dread. Their hearts began to race as McIntyre looked up to see an otherworldly apparition approaching from the west. The sight before him was something straight out of a nightmare. Newspapers would describe this gruesome, horrifying creature as able to defy all logic and reason. Hovering about three to four hundred feet in the air, the creature was a massive eighteen feet long and eight feet wide. Its twisted, contorted form had no visible head or tail, but instead featured one giant flaming eye that seemed to flicker and dance in the darkness. As it drew closer, the Iceman could hear a wheezing, plaintive sound emanating from its invisible mouth, sending shivers down his spine. The creature's grotesque appearance and eerie sound filled him with a sense of unease that he just couldn't shake. As the two men gazed at the apparition above them, they were struck by its pure white color and the absence of any defined shape or form. It was a massive shroud, 
almost resembling a parachute, but with propelling fins attached to it. These fins, arranged in pairs on both sides, worked remarkably efficiently propelling their apparition through the air at incredible speeds. Despite its apparent agility, they couldn't help but notice that it flapped in the wind and wriggled as if it was in pain. The sight was genuinely unsettling, evoking a sense of unutterable agony that they just could not help but feel. The mysterious figure approached the house, and it moved slowly and gracefully, almost as if it was floating in the air. Then it began to make a circular motion around the Martin residence, as if examining the home closely. The monster remained suspended in the air for some time, causing the men who witnessed it to become increasingly anxious. In an attempt to protect themselves, they quickly retreated to the safety of the nearby farm, hoping to avoid its detection and any potential harm from the eerie presence. Finally, as the sun began to rise, the strange apparition flew swiftly towards the east, disappearing for sight for a few moments, but to the surprise of the two onlookers, it returned just as quickly and hovered ominously over the Martin's house once again. So would this be classified as a cryptid, an alien, a ghost, what is it? All the above? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> is all I can tell you. <laughs> we have no answers, so pretty much all of your answers could be correct. Cool. I like being right. Well, at this moment, the eerie silhouette of the ghost-like entity against the orange and pink hues of the sky made it an unforgettable sight for those two men who witnessed it. McIntyre was keen to share the incredible sight with the Martin family and suggested rushing to the home to wake them up. However, his companion Gray didn't want to disturb their slumber and he objected. So, they decided to watch the strange creature from the barn. The unidentifiable flying object hovered silently in the sky, glowing with an eerie light. Finally, after an hour, the Icemen decided to finish prepping their wagon and quickly left the area. They drove off towards the ice house, still bewildered by what they had just witnessed leaving the mysterious creature hovering high in the air above them. When they looked out into the distance, they saw it still lingering over the Martin home, circling, and it stayed in that spot for as long as they could keep their eyes on it. Later, when they returned to the barn, they were surprised to find that it was nowhere to be seen and no trace of it. It had vanished, leaving no indication of its whereabouts or its next destination. After experiencing the strange and unsettling event, the men were left feeling deeply shaken and unsure of what to do. They believed the incident they had witnessed was indeed supernatural, and they were concerned for their safety. But obviously not the Martin safety because they didn't go to warn them. <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> Keeping it real. 
To protect themselves, the two Icemen discussed a plan to bring a Springfield rifle with them to the barn when the incident had occurred. If the monster returned, they felt they would have no choice but to use the weapon to defend themselves. As they put it, to fill it with some cold lead. Despite their fear and uncertainty, the men remained determined to take action if necessary. Super strange. So what are you thinking it is right now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of the... I, I... Well, I have more information for you. Chapter 2, A Holy or Unholy Encounter. Oh, dear. <clears throat> it was on that same particular night, apart from the McIntyre and Gray's incident, that almost another hundred individuals had the opportunity to witness the ghostly visitor. These unexpected occurrences left everyone in town utterly mystified and bewildered. You said ghost. (laughs) I'm not foreshadowing anything. Some of the townsfolk even felt the creature's hot breath as it swooped down at them. Now, the appearance and actions of the white figure were so inexplicable that it left the witnesses with a sense of amazement and confusion. Despite the large number of witnesses, no one could offer a reasonable explanation for the strange occurrence that took place that night. One particular witness considered to have the highest level of credibility in the case was G.W. Schweitzer. He was the pastor of the First Methodist Church in town and was known for his upstanding reputation in the community. So his testimony was given a great weight due to his status as a respected figure. And his account of the events and questions with the Crawfordsville monster is considered crucial in determining the truth. According to Schweitzer, in his words, Just after midnight on the same morning, Reverend Schweitzer ventured into his backyard through the back door to quench his thirst from the well. As he stood there sipping water, he was overcome by a peculiar sensation. Even though he wasn't sure what sound or movement attracted him, Schweitzer felt his attention being drawn upwards to the sky. Something in the night had caught his eye, and he couldn't help but look up to investigate what it was. As he stood there in his backyard, his eyes fixed on the dark and still night sky, he couldn't help but feel a growing sense of anticipation, and he was sure something was about to happen. He waited with bated breath for whatever was coming next. Yeah, just stand there and wait for it. Come take you out. I guess he hadn't seen very many monster movies. Instead, his attention was drawn to a strange movement in the far distance. And despite the darkness, he could make out the mysterious apparition that seemed to be moving swiftly towards him, propelled by some unseen force. The sight puzzled and astonished him, and he couldn't help but wonder what it could be and its purpose. The object in question was an impressive sight. According to him, 
measuring nearly 16 feet from end to end and boasting a wide 8 feet wide. The object in question was an impressive sight, measuring nearly 16 feet from end to end and boasting a width of 8 feet. Its shape was reminiscent of a flowing mass of drapery, giving the impression that it was a gently floating on a water surface, rippling up and down as it moved in the sky. It was indeed a remarkable sight to behold, and Schweitzer described it as, quote, shaped like a fleecy milk-white cloud, or like a demon in a shroud. <laughs> That's totally different ends of the spectrum. Well, it's spoken like a reverend. As Reverend Schweitzer gazed at the object, he noticed that it was too low to be a cloud, and it was moving with too great of a speed, almost as if it was able to swim through the air like a fish through the water. The object was writhing and twisting, much like the movements of a serpent. Schweitzer was amazed by this peculiar sight, and he called out to his wife to come to the backyard and witness it as well. The couple watched in awe as the object moved eastward, and it approached the church. It began to descend as though it was about to land in their neighbor's yard, a Mrs. J.M. Lane. The Schweitzers continued to watch intently, eagerly anticipating what would happen next. As they stood there in the backyard of their house, Mr. and Mrs. Schweitzer watched in awe as it slowly descended and disappeared from view for a moment on the other side of the home. However, Mr. Schweitzer stepped into the street and then saw the object arise again. It was making a circular shape that was moving in a controlled manner, round and round, while also up and down. Both were able to observe with fascination as the object circled around the farm for quite some time before the couple finally tired and returned to their home. Even then, the strange phenomenon was still visible, leaving the Schweitzers baffled and curious about what this creature could possibly be. So it's not attacking anybody. It's not being a menace. I mean, what is this thing? At this point, it seems to be more curious than anything else. Now, Schweitzer, who was perplexed, it was unable to provide an explanation for the strange occurrence, so he didn't know what it was. But he was content with the fact that it was not the infamous Shawnee Mound ghost, which had been the subject of much fear and speculation amongst the locals of Crawfordsville for years. After the sighting of such an unusual creature in Crawfordsville, the town's residents quickly dismissed it and ridiculed those who claimed they have seen it. In response to the incidents, even a Professor Burton from Keeley's Institute for Inebriates, located in Plainsville, Indiana, wrote a letter to the Reverend Schweitzer inviting him to visit the Institute. He was jokingly believed that the purpose of this invitation was to offer a cure for drunkenness that was assumed to be the delusion. So in other words, even the honor of Reverend Schweitzer was in question. Right. 
On the other hand, the reports of the strange sightings generated a lot of attention and sparked the interest of many people. Some individuals who read about it in the paper became believers and shared their stories with others. In fact, the postmaster of Crossfordsville was inuated with letters and mail regarding the sighting. Many people expressed concern and fear about what it could mean. Some correspondents even went as far as to suggest that the sighting of this Crawfordsville monster could be a sign of the impending Judgment Day. All in all, the reports in Crawfordsville created a lot of buzz and speculation, but left many people wondering what could have caused such a strange phenomenon. So no answers for you yet? No. No answers for anybody. Well, except maybe you. Because you wrote it. Well. That's cheating. In cheating, then, chapter three, a flock of answers. Like flock of seagulls? This is a little bit before their time. Crossfordsville was abuzz with rumors of the mysterious creature that had been spotted in the sky. The beast, dubbed the Crossfordsville monster, caused speculation and debate, with some fearing that it could be a sign of the end of the world. Two eyewitnesses, however, a John Hornbeck and an Abram Hare, claimed to have seen the creature up close and were able to offer a more detailed explanation of what everyone had witnessed. A few days after the newspaper article was published, the two men stepped forward with their answers. Both were eager to share their insights and provide more information on the topic covered in the newspaper. Their responses shed new light on the matter. They added answers to the mystery, which was greatly appreciated by the community and allayed much of their fears. According to John Hornbeck, he had ventured out into his yard at approximately midnight on that exact same night in which the sightings were made. Why so many people are awake in the middle of the night <laughs> in a small town before TV and radio boggles my mind, but this is what we have. No kidding. So John Hornbeck is also up at midnight, and he was startled to witness the ghastly apparition guiding through town. Fearing for the safety of the residents, he immediately called upon his trusted friend, Abe Hernley, to join him in investigating the matter. They set out together and determined to uncover the source of this mysterious and frightening phenomenon. The two curious onlookers trailed behind the mysterious sheet-like figure in the distance as they made their way through town, keeping the creature in sight overhead. As they drew closer, they realized the figure was not a ghostly wraith as they had initially thought, but rather a flock of several hundred killdeer birds. What in the world is that? A killdeer is a small bird that's brown on top but white underbelly. Okay. And are very predominant in the Midwest and especially the North. To the two men, it quickly became apparent that these birds had been migrating over the city and had become disoriented by the brand new bright electric lights, causing them to lose their way. The two watched in awe as the 
Hundreds of birds fluttered about trying to find their bearings amidst the unfamiliar urban landscape. The flock appeared ghostly because of their white breasts and wings, and their mournful cries that filled the air with a sense of agony was just their call. Avian flocks are known for their tendency to migrate, often traveling great distances to reach their final destinations. However, flocking also provides several benefits such as a better foraging opportunities and protection from predators. Witnessing a flock of hundreds of birds shape-shifting in unison is truly awe-inspiring sight. These murmurations, as it's called, can consist of up to 750,000 birds at one time, all flying together in perfect harmony. I would love to see that. Well, you're in luck because I have video of it. Oh, yay! Look at you go. And this video will be posted in our social media. Another good reason to join our, uh, our site. There are many different videos, but what I wanted to show you is this is of actual killdeer. So, Goldian, you're going to watch this one of a flock of killdeer flying together as seen on YouTube. So as you see, you can see the white underbelly and wings, and you can see how they fly together in such a flock, undulating back and forth. And this is a small flock. But as you can see, they shift directions and movements, all flying in unison. And according to our two investigators, this is the Crawfordsville monster that you're looking at right now, Goldian. I, I, can, I can see that. Now, seeing this at night with the lights from the town shining up on them, that is what they were, according to the theory, that is what they were seeing, is the creature like that. However, one detail that is missing from this flock is there is no fiery one eye. Well, they can make stuff up, too. Agreed. Cool. That's cool. So if there was this many killdeer in the air and it was whitish in color, would you think that that was a monster in the air? Uh, looks like it is right now. Uh-huh. Like shape-shifting. But according to the two investigators, this is what the Iceman and the Reverend and his wife were seeing. Could be. That's pretty impressive. Now, there's one other thing I want to do is, remember I was talking about the uh, the, the plainful cry and this, the noises that it was making? Yeah. Well, this is going to be what it sound. This is the sound of a Crawfordsville monster. So, Goldie Ann, you got to see and hear the Crawfordsville monster. Okay. I would have never gone there, but you know. Now, the sheer scale of a flock is impressive as they spread out and come together again, creating mesmerizing displays of fluid motion. A flock can constantly change direction, moving hundreds of meters into the sky before rapidly descending to almost touching the ground. Birds move with such precision that they can appear like one single organism, shifting and morphing into various shapes, including swirling blobs, teardrops, 
figure eights, and a sheet. The speed of murmurations is also astonishing, with birds flying up to 50 miles per hour as they twist and turn through the air. It is truly a remarkable example of nature's beauty and complexity. Hornbeck and Hernley tracked this flock of birds for hours in the sky. And as they approached the birds, they noticed the birds were quite close to the ground and foraging for food. Feeling confident that they were in the right place, the two crept closer, trying to get a better view of their plumage and behavior. After a few moments, they observed the birds up close and supposedly solved the Crawfordsville monster mystery. Oh. And like I said, the only thing they don't explain is no flock of birds has ever been described as having one giant fiery eye as reported by the Icemen. Yeah, well, they were tired. They've been working a long shift. The flock of birds is not the only explanation provided, as there are two other possible explanations for the strange sightings in Crossfordsville. <laughs> so I'm going to tell these to you, and you let me know what you think of them. According to one report, there was a balloon parachute craze amongst the town's boys at the time, and this could have caused a billowing sheet-like apparition that people saw. Yeah, but somebody would have said something about that. Agreed. This theory doesn't explain the wheezing plaintive sounds or the cries of the monster that came from the object. To explain that, the same report also mentions that the boys sent cats up in their balloons. And this raises the question of whether the strange object that McIntyre, Gray, and the Schweitzer saw might have been one of these cat-carrying balloons. That's ridiculous. Ultimate, Pretty kitties. <laughs> Ultimately, it is up to each individual to decide which explanation seems the most plausible. Also adding to this, interestingly, in addition to the journal, there are three other newspapers that are published in Crawfordsville at the time of the sighting. These newspapers are the Review, the Argus, and the Star. However, none of these newspapers ever mentioned the supposed incident that September morning. So there's a theory that one could speculate that while a few citizens may have witnessed something unusual in the sky, the Crossfordsville Journal may have embellished and exaggerated the story in order to generate additional sales. Right. Well, that the journal may have sensationalized the incident, fake news, to make it seem more significant than it actually was, thereby capitalizing on the public's fascination with an extraterrestrial phenomenon. The journal's marketing ploy on the monster story was not only stirred up conversations amongst its readers, but also lively discussions today in the dark corners of cyberspace or on late-night radio talk shows of the modern day. Despite the passage of time, the story still manages to capture the imagination of people who occasionally recount the tale of a white monster flying through the sky in the town of Crossfordsville. The story has become a cultural phenomenon, with people still sharing their interpretations and theories about the incident. With all this information, Goldian, do you have an answer now? Um, after seeing those videos of the birds, I'm going with the birds. That was amazing. It is, and would be amazing to see in the middle of the night as well. 
especially if they were disoriented because of the lights. The only problem I have with that theory is that if it was birds, this is something that they should have seen before. Migrating birds always follow the same path, so they should have seen a flock of birds before. I thought they were lost. And that's the only thing that kind of uh, explains it, is that it was this time that they were lost because of the lights. Right. In closing, the sighting of the Crossfordsville monster remains one of America's most famous and intriguing category of living UFO stories. It has been the subject of much speculation and debate amongst enthusiasts of the unexplained. In one of its episodes, the popular TV series Monster Quest even featured the sightings. And the incident is also depicted in a story about living UFOs in issue number three of the Gold Key Comics series, UFO Flying Saucers, published in 1972. Now, based on eyewitness accounts, the story adds even more details to the incident. As Golian mentioned earlier, Nope is a science fiction horror film that was released in 2022. The movie, directed by Jordan Peele, revolves around a group of individuals who encounter an atmospheric creature similar to what was described of as the Crawfordsville monster. This creature, Jean Jacket, leads them to question the nature of the objects that they see in the sky. The main source for today's episode came from Christopher and Christina Hunt's book entitled Ghosts and Legends of Crawfordsville, Indiana. Ghosts, see? Again, ghosts. Well, Crawfordsville did have a history of ghosts. That's why everyone at first was looking at it as a ghost, but the Reverend was confident that it wasn't. If you want to make your own decisions based on ghosts and monsters of the town, this book is available on Amazon and a link will be in our show notes. As a reminder before we wrap up, we're active on social media and we'd be thrilled to hear your take on the Crossfordville monster. Don't hesitate to share your stories and opinions with us. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mist Podcast, and we are on Instagram and have an email at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share. We hope you enjoyed our story of the Crossfordville monster. But that's just the beginning. Come back each week and stay tuned for more episodes of Cryptids, Ghosts, and Other Mysteries. In the meantime, look to the night skies for living UFOs and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. Sam says bye, too.